Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Being a Coach podcast. I am your host, Coach E. Today's podcast brings my first interview with the current girls basketball coach. My guest today will be Coach Dennis Coleman of the Central Texas Heat Girls Basketball Program here in Austin, Texas area. In fact, Coach Dennis was my daughter's choice first club coach. And also, Coach Dennis laid the foundation for the type of basketball player that Troy will become later. The reason why we have so much love and respect for Coach Dennis is because he has made a positive impact on Troy's life on and off the court. And some 10 to 12 years later, he's still been a positive influence on her. Coach Dennis, my brother, welcome to being a coach podcast. And thank you for taking a sit down with us today. Okay. Um, I would like to thank you for giving me this opportunity to sit down with you and talk a little basketball and talk about being a coach. And also like to thank you for all the stuff that you have done for not only Troy, but for all the young ladies who have come through your program. So if you're ready, are you ready to dive into this interview? Yes, sir. Okay, my first question for you, Coach Dennis, is can you give our listeners a little information regarding your background? Well, my background is uh, it's the United States Army. I came from Arkansas first. Let me go back to high school. I played high school basketball, played high school football, track, and baseball. But football team, we uh, started a tradition to win in the state championship every year for Almost 20 years in the state of Arkansas, McGee High School in McGee, Arkansas, under Coach uh, Gill. And then we had transitioned. I went to the military, and I went to college first, played basketball. Then I left there, and I went to the military. And in the military, I went to serve in the war and the combats, and I came back from the military, and mm, while I was still in the military, I met my wife. My wife brought me here to Central Texas. And then I come back from the military, got a job at IBM. Me and my wife, my wife was already working at IBM. I got a job at IBM. I worked at IBM for about 10 years. And uh, during that time is when I met different people here in Central Texas, uh, through churches, through bowling, playing basketball with a lot of friends, colleges, found out a lot of people that I knew at University of Texas, University of Concordia, University of Concordia, St. Edwards, there's a lot of colleges around here. I got to play with a lot of people because of my background of playing ball. I also played Truman, played basketball in Chicago, Illinois, at a college called Truman University. So I got to then transition here to Texas and learn that there were different types of basketball. Because coming out of Chicago, where you can lay a person down and coming out here to Texas and you couldn't even breathe on them, I had to learn a different method of basketball. So then I learned how to do that and grasp that pretty good. But I used to play against a lot of the top players that was in colleges at that time, even though I was an older man with a family. I still could handle myself out there on the court a little bit. So that's okay. about it. <laughs> okay, Coach Dennis, man, that's a lot, man. The military, what branch of the military were you in? I was in the Army. Okay, when you know Army. I played for the Army. Okay, did you um, have to go into any wars or combat? Desert Storm. Okay. I also went into, uh, I had a secret clearance. I went into Turkey. I did some missions. Okay. Uh, I did some missions in uh, out in California, Fort Irwin, California, where we trained to go different places across the world. And uh, can't too, talk too much about all that stuff. But I got we you. did it. Okay, <laughs> sir, that's no problem. So, would you say, would it be a good assessment to say that the military helped you um, to be disciplined in order to get into coaching? 
the military helped, but believe it or not, being raised on the streets of Chicago, like you in the city of uh, California, those inner city environments uh, teach you to see what you need to see and see what you not need to see. Mind your own business and walk with a straight line. And plus, I had a grandmother and I had a mother, and I'm always willing to listen to older people. Yes, sir. And they taught me that my discipline kind of before the military got there. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, the second question I have for you, Coach Dennis, is why or what made you decide to get into the coaching profession? What made me decide to get into the coaching profession? Uh, I didn't want to get into coaching okay. because <laughs> I knew I was too disciplined. I knew I was too mean. and But... uh situation happened I was working with her. my daughter wanted to play basketball she was out there with a, a club team and they was forming and they got to going and next thing you know the coaches got to arguing with each other and my, my the kids didn't have a coach and some people came up to me and they asked to, actually my cousin told me that I was coaching I didn't know it but her and my mother my wife decided that I was going to become the coach and from that point they formed a group and then they met with two other people out in Huddle and became, we call at that time they called us the Huddle Heat, but we originally was Central Texas Heat, but they just called us Huddle Heat because we was based out of Huddle. And uh, we formed that group and we had probably about eight boy teams and probably about five girl teams the first year right out the bat. And we only had three or four coaches, but we did what we had to do. Yes, sir. So, so you was kind of forced into coaching. Yeah, I was forced <laughs> you were, that wasn't your mindset from the beginning to go into coaching. Because yeah? nah. it takes a lot, man. It it really does. You have to have a certain mindset yeah. to get in this and deal with all these I different kids and parents, man. Let me tell you what I told them. I told them the first time. I said, if you want me to coach, you ain't going to like me. And I told this to my kids. I'm not going to be your friend. I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to be a mentor. I'll be there for you. But if I'm getting into coaching, certain things about me, you're going to like me. You either love me or you're going to hate me. And that's just fair. And that's how I was. I told him, I said, I'm going to tell my daughter to do things. And if I tell my daughter to do them, I'm going to tell your daughter to do them. So don't get mad. Probably take your kids somewhere else. Yes, sir. I mean, <laughs> and that's how it should be, man. That's that's how it should be. And I got a third question I have for you, Dennis. Um, a lot of people, myself included, we know we always talk about or highlight the negative aspect of coaches or coaching in general on the grassroots level, AAU club levels. What are some of the positive aspects, in your opinion, on some coaches or coaching on this platform? On the positive side on, on this platform, I would say the coaches have to love themselves as well as love the game of basketball. Because a lot of people, they get into it and they get into it off of other things. You can get into it with the numbers. You can get into it with, with your, your your children. You can get into your personal things. But if you don't love it, you shouldn't be doing it. So I think that I got into it because I love it. I love basketball. I sleep. I used to tell kids, I used to tell Troy, I sleep basketball. When I used to bathroom, I, I dribble out of basketball. It's just me. That's my mentality. I, I just knew basketball. So I love it when we can get coaches that actually feel that way about teaching the kids about basketball and then that'll help them transition on to be into their life. Because if they learn responsibilities early in a team sport with now teaching them how to get along with other people and later on at their jobs or anything else, even in college, it teaches them their foundation to become a successful young woman or young man. So that's why I got into it and that's what I love about it. If we can get those kind of coaches in it and keep those kind of coaches in it because old dinosaurs are kind of, they're being ran off. Yes, sir. So, you know, I agree with you 100%. That was one thing that um, 
always liked about you and admired about you and applaud you is at times when I first met you, I felt like you was a little too emotional. But mm-hmm. but now that I sit back and 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 look over there at the very beginning, you was that way because you was passionate about these kids and your yeah. program that you was working with, and you wanted them um, to do their very best. And so it it was. It took me some years later to figure out, man, why Dennis is always like that. But you, at all the culture that I've met here in Central Texas, you know, I, I'm gonna say you probably one of the most positive coaches that I know and your heart is in the right place. Well, let me just say this. Uh, a lot of coaches, a lot of people do this for money and they do it for whatever their, their thing is. That when I got into it because I was a father first and I got to see it and realize that sometimes I said to myself, I said, I, these guys coaching, I think I can do a better job than them. So I got a little arrogant. Then I had to realize humility had to set in. So now I'm dealing with other coaches, kids that actually knew more than me. So at that point, I had to sit back and say, okay, you knew more than me. Uh, at the time, I was watching a Carissa Black dad, hate to say names, but different people. I used to tell them, I said, guys, you guys I have been out here coaching the AU all this time. I know I'm coaching your daughters. Uh, help me out. Help me right. undersee what, what's being, what's, what I'm not seeing. And so when I it had to be humble enough to do that because – if you're not humble, and you just ain't going to see it because it's all about what you run. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I looked at is these kids. I had all these coaches' kids. So now these coaches' kids had their own vision, their concepts of what they wanted to do. So how could I make a mesh? How could I mesh those together? Because I had so many different personalities, strong personalities. Yes. So I had to not put them together and make them function on that court. How many coaches were willing to do that, adjust their system to the talent that they had. And that's what I had to do. I had to learn how to coach and learn how to do all that at the same time. So my psychology, and like you said, my passion was over the top because I was excited about what I had and the potential that I saw that these kids could be at. But then now I had to show everybody what I, my dream in a sense. Like I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, that's your dream to become a preacher. The other people ain't gonna understand it. Right. So you had to understand your passion and your dream. And if you wanted to implement it and let them see some of it, you could. But you remember it had to be yours. Yes, that's true. And, you know, I think as as a former coach and then a lot of coaches, a lot of us don't like to ask for that help when we need it. And then I, I remember my one of Troy's later team, team was extremely talented, extremely talented. And I remember her. One of their coaches was saying that to me, and I said, yeah, I agree y'all are very talented. He said, I said, but the problem is this, or the question is this, can you coach that talent? Yeah. And yeah. a lot so of coaches can't do that. Do, they're not humble enough to do it, to accept the talent. Everybody makes it about them, whether yes, they're sir. the talent or the athlete. Right. My biggest, actually, that's actually been my biggest downfall Okay. That being a coach, is that I'm humble enough to take a kid with their strengths and try to produce them through that storm and, and strengthen up their weaknesses. Most coaches have their own sets. Right. And they're going to run their sets. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that because, I mean, that's the way they, that's their philosophy. But then those other ones, you got a lot of kids nowadays, this new generation of playing basketball, these kids are free because of some of the coaches like me. They allowed them to grow into their best of who they were. Right. And then they, in some systems, try to change them. But those kids that are free are flourishing. Right. Those kids that are system kids are finding themselves being a role model 
or something that they don't want to be, and then they transfer from school to school to school because they're trying to find their fit. Yes, sir. So I'm going to yes, be quiet sir. on that, though. Yeah, that, that's good. And then this is a question I didn't have for you, but what do you think about the from the, on the girl side, mm-hmm. on the girl side, the talent level in Central Texas, especially when your daughter, my daughter, and other girls was playing during that time? With versus today? versus today's talent level. Talent level? Uh, I don't know if I would use that. Skill-wise, Okay. I would use skill. See, those kids, back when our daughter was playing, they had to have multiple multiple skills and had to execute multiple things. Okay. Today, these kids, they'll have them do drills, and they can dribble or they can shoot. They're hitting these combination moves but they're not going anywhere. When we taught everything, when I taught kids, and I was even playing with some of the coaches that I used to coach against, if you didn't hit straight line and you didn't hit hit one move and hit and get by, you was in trouble. Because right. those defenses are going to collapse on you. Yeah. But today's game, they didn't change it, so they won't let nobody touch you. So now you're able to do five and six moves in one spot. But the problem is the conditioning. And this is what people don't understand about this game. This game conditioned to for highlights, but it's not conditioned to last. Right. And so that's why a lot of people don't even like me saying that. But I teach. I'm still teaching today. I'm coaching at a high school and I'm coaching at AU. Right. But I get these kids and they can do 15 moves in one spot. But I ask them, what did they create back in the day? We used to call that wasted trouble. Yes, sir. Today we look at it. We think, oh, that kid is good. I'm looking at it. I'm kind of cross between both because I'm trying to teach. teach my old, and then teach the new. So I try to figure out how do I navigate through this right. this this game today. So as far as my kids back in the days, I'm going to be biased. <laughs> those, those were dogs. These kids today, some of them, they might get mad at me, but I consider them softer because they can't first thing, when the game get tough in the fourth quarter and the referee allow them to get hit, mm. they can't handle that pressure. Yes. Or either like even in college, when you can't get hit in the mouth like South Carolina been doing all this year, UConn didn't like that because the game is different. Right. And I love UConn. But the player, Gino is trying to find his players again. He's trying to find those dogs yes, sir. again that can fight through some of the adversity instead of looking up in the stands at their mom, their pop, their coaches, their AAU coaches, and everybody else to come save me, transfer me to another school to help me out. That That's the biggest difference. Okay. And the last question I have for you, um, Coach D. Um, in episode one, I talked about being a coach and what it means and our responsibilities as coaches as it relates to our players and making a positive impact on their lives beyond sports. In your opinion, what does it mean being a coach and the responsibility that you share with your kids? Well, ain't none of these kids that I've ever coached I didn't look at as a son or a daughter. So even when they play basketball, I always we created Nashville Jr., we created a math and science program underneath the basketball thing. And in back in even when we wrote our bylaws for this nonprofit, it was about the altruism. It was about reaching out into the community and teaching kids. Basketball, to me, back in the day, was a hook to get young kids. Like a rapper used to say, uh, Nelly used to say, what about the hook? I had a hook. I had a basketball. Basketball was hooking the men to teach them to be successful young ladies in life. Even I had to modify who I was as a, as a black man teaching these young ladies and, and showing them that all black men weren't going to go out and beat them or kill them or do different things. So I had to look at things differently. So that's why I, some people say, I thought he was a minister. 
I never claimed to be a minister because I cuss you out in a minute. But the deal is, <laughs> yes, I knew my passion. I knew my I knew my soul, my spirit. My grandma used to say I knew my spirit. My spirit was based out of love. So teaching these kids, it came from that generation. And that generation was based out of love. So even when I got basketball, I was hooking them, but I was trying to get them to understand how much some people love them unconditionally anyway, just like their parents. So then as they grew older in life, they still come back because they know that I care. Yes, and sir. I don't mind giving them the dime, the shirt off my back, a dime out of my pocket. They know that, and so they appreciate that, and they know it's genuine. I had many people over the years question it because they tried to figure out what his motive was. Well, the motive's been the same. I hear this 15, 16 years later. Yes, sir. And I'm still doing the same thing. So yeah. I'm still, those other people still waiting on me to, to say that, oh, I knew he was out for the money. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I can attest to that because I didn't know until just recently, like, Troy, I talked to Troy, and she's like, Dad, I talked to Coach Dennis. I'm like, really? She said, yeah, I talked to Coach Dennis all the time. You know, he was telling me over here down in Louisiana, he know a bunch of people there and told me to introduce me to these coaches that can help me when I graduated to get jobs and all that stuff. I'm like, wow. And that is one of the reasons why, you know, I wanted to interview you. And um, I know you're a busy person, and um, but I truly appreciate you taking the time away from your busy schedule today. Um to be our guest on the Being a Coach podcast. And Dennis, man, like always, man, nothing but the best of luck to you, your family, your program. I have a lot of love for you, man. God bless you. Well, let me just say this because I forgot. You introduced me at Central Texas Heat. Yes. That's where I originally come from. Right. I'm with the Austin Defenders. Okay. I can't disrespect that group out there. And okay. I'm also a high school coach at Concordia High School, Concordia Lutheran High School here in Central Texas. So, okay. You know, I mean, blessings is still coming, but we just, and we keep trying to give back and uh, receive blessing and give blessings. So, and we still doing what we have to do. Oh, that's a good thing, man. Well, continue success to your brother and, um, in, in conclusion, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of um, Being a Coach. And like always, good luck and God bless to everyone doing positive things with our young men and women today. Episode 5 will be coming after this one. Thank you. Uh-huh.